Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Recently, the American public got its first look at special counsel Robert Mueller's two-volume report on the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. And some may have been startled to see how much of the 448-page document, about 7.25% of the text, according to the news website Vox, had been blacked out by U.S. Attorney General William Barr. Each blacked-out word or passage was labeled with a color-coded notation indicating the legal justification for withholding that material. These included potential harm to an ongoing legal matter, the need to conceal investigative techniques, personal privacy, and grand jury testimony, which generally must be kept secret under Rule 6 of the Federal Rules of Procedure unless a judge issues a waiver. The House Judiciary Committee still subpoenaed the uncensored report, and Barr's explanations didn't quell the widespread curiosity about what it was that Barr decided that we shouldn't see. We spoke with Michael Revnitsky, an attorney who's an expert in the release of government documents through the Freedom of Information Act. He said, There's something psychological about it. If you see a document with blocked out sections, your eyes go to it and you wonder, what's under there? Welcome to the arcane, secretive subculture of redaction, which is the practice of removing or concealing portions of documents before publication. It's a phenomenon that most ordinary Americans probably are unfamiliar with, as evidenced by the 4,000% spike in the number of searches for redact and redacted on the Merriam-Webster Dictionary website on the day that Barr sent a letter to Congress revealing that he would release a redacted version of Mueller's report. But attorneys, journalists, and historical researchers are accustomed to blacked-out spaces on documents as a consequence of dealing with sensitive subjects. Redacting has long been part of government-imposed secrecy. When former CIA employee Victor Marchetti and his co-author John D. Marks sought to publish a book on the CIA in the early 1970s, government censors, who had authority to review the book under Marchetti's employment contract, redacted 168 pages from the text. The book was published with blank spaces showing the location of the redacted passages. Decades later, documents obtained using the Freedom of Information Act are still sometimes riddled with blank squares over faces and photographs, and black bars over words and sentences, and sometimes entire pages. But it's not just the government. In the legal world, attorneys routinely redact portions of documents that are to be turned over during the discovery process in civil lawsuits. Those deletions occur in order to protect attorney-client privilege, attorney's work product for clients, commercially sensitive information, and information not relevant to the litigation. Other redactions are required by the courts themselves to protect personal information such as social security numbers from misuse. One of the odd things about redaction is that while there are rules about what should be redacted, there aren't really a lot of hard and fast rules about how to block out that material. For years, attorneys and government officials often simply used black markers to conceal sensitive portions of documents, which were then photocopied so that someone couldn't hold the paper up to the light and read the censored words. In the mid-2000s, as more and more documents began to be distributed in electronic form, both the government and private sector law firms started shifting to redacting the digital files themselves using software tools. These days, attorneys involved in big corporate lawsuits often use e-discovery platforms, which allow them to manage massive amounts of documents and which contain tools for redacting portions, though you can also safely redact information using programs like Adobe Acrobat Pro, assuming that you're working with PDFs. But regardless of what technology is used, it's necessary to go through documents individually and figure out what to mask, which is a time-intensive process. In the case of the Mueller report, Barr and his staff apparently scanned a printed copy of the report, redacted it, and then printed and scanned it again to create a new digital copy. That excess of caution resulted in a low-quality image that wasn't searchable. Since then, the Department of Justice has published a searchable version as well. But digital redaction isn't always foolproof. 
One sophisticated high-tech method for reading redacted words in a document involves analyzing their lengths and comparing them to other words with the same length on the page. And Guardian reporter John Swain found that he could view redacted text in a court document in the Paul Manafort case by copying and pasting it into a Microsoft Word document. Matthew Ingram of the Columbia Journalism Review explained, quote, This likely happened because someone either drew over the unwanted text with a black highlighter tool in Microsoft Word or used Adobe Acrobat's redaction tools but forgot to merge them with the original document. We also spoke with Mark Zaid, a Washington, D.C.-based attorney who specializes in national security law and frequently deals with redactions. He said, I don't trust technology. Even if there's a safety mechanism, someone will invent something that overrides it. Thus, Zaid generally eschews electronic redaction. His preferred method is to, quote, literally cut it out with scissors and then photocopy the page. It's a really sloppy-looking redaction, but no one will ever see what I cut out. In other instances, if he's instructed by the government to redact information from a document, he deletes the text and types the number of words and deleted by the request of the CIA in its place. But manual redactions on actual paper can go awry, too. Zaid recalls once receiving some redacted documents in a case and discovering that he could hold them up and read the words through the black ink. Whoever sent them had provided the original pages rather than making a photocopy. Zaid says that even when information in court papers is redacted, it's sometimes possible to figure out what's in the blacked-out sections. The client may be able to identify a witness or piece together what was said in a discussion in which he or she participated, for example. But generally, Zaid explained that it's not wise to speculate, as even educated guesses can be wrong. He gave the example of a Freedom of Information Act litigation connected with the D.B. Cooper skyjacking case. He said, "'We thought a document pertained to a particular person who was dead.' But when Zaid gave the government a copy of the man's obituary in an effort to get the full document released, they told Zaid he'd assumed wrong, and the document was about someone else. Today's episode was written by Patrick J. Kiger and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. We'll be right back. 